welcome. You are listening to Charging Stallion Presents News We Like. My name is Tim. My name's Cam. My name is Kate. Kate, welcome to... Kikipu. You can call her Kikipu. Kathy, <laughs> Kate. I like to call you Kathy. Kathy, you are our friend first yep. and secondarily you are Timmy's house... Oh, okay. Now, before you walked in, you said, hey, guys, I might be a little bit clumsy when I leave... Now, I think you might be a little early on the clumsiness. Just throwing things around. I just dropped my phone. Sorry. Now, Sorry. Kate, you are here with us because when I arrived today, you told me some of the most exciting news that I think maybe you've had in your life. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> tell, tell our stallions, what did you experience today? Um, so today I saw Meghan Markle and... Prince Harry. What, on really TV? Exciting. No, in real life. Whoa. Yeah. Whereabouts? Um, on Gertrude Street in Fitzroy. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in our hood. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. The place to be, Fitzroy. Yeah. <laughs> so were they just, what were they up to? Um, so they were actually going to have a lunch. Um, at a place called Charcoal Lane on Gertrude Street. Have you eaten there before? I've never eaten okay. there before. Um, but it's like uh, they make like indigenous Australian food. So they were going to do a cooking class and eat lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they're in Fitzroy for. That's what they're in Fitzroy for. <laughs> and they're out of here now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they're still there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there is a live feed that you can watch so you could check up on that maybe and it monitors them wherever they go or just the spot where they were uh no wherever they go so we followed them from their trip from government house Mm. to gertrude street so we knew when they were gonna be in our area yeah right okay um how did it feel like how long had you been planning to go watch them uh well i actually hadn't planned at all i was just at uni today doing some work and my uni friend Grace and I were walking to the library and there are a lot of police um, around the uni and we were, like, intrigued. Mm. So she asked what they were doing mm-hmm. and they were there because Megan and Harry were coming. And so you're like, all right, let's yeah. put this. <laughs> yeah. now, I think... So we shut our laptops and off we went yeah. to see them. Yeah. And even more exciting than I think you getting to see them with your own eyes is um, – you you uploaded some of the footage to Instagram stories. Yeah. Yeah. And it is going off. Like, I've never been so popular. <laughs> You've also just never sounded as lame as you did in that was about what sentence guy. <laughs> Thank you. But, but um, they I also like called my mum as I sent her some videos and I Hadn't had a response from her for mm. like an hour. Yep. And I knew she'd be really excited, so I was kind of surprised. So I just gave her a quick call in New Zealand, and she was actually in a meeting. <laughs> so I didn't really share my enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do, and and I share your enthusiasm for seeing them because I love them. Well, I mostly love Meghan Markle. Very, very fascinated by she her. So cool. Yeah. She, Did she like, walk cool? She's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. She walked cool, loved her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So where can people see these videos? Um, on my Instagram. Yeah. Do you wanna, are you going to shout out your own Instagram? Um, I think it's Kate.Nergan. <laughs> I think. Nergan. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm really, I was really excited. And I could have been on the, the project as well, but I 
uh, politely declined. So he wasn't feeling camera mm. ready. <laughs> she wanted to jump on a, a more illustrious news <laughs> yeah. outlet. True. <laughs> Yeah, I good did. work. Yeah, I Thank you. Exclusive for you guys. <laughs> Thank you for your, your your loyalty, Kay. Yeah, no problem. All right. Okay, bye. See you, Kate. Thank you for bye. coming on. <laughs> Charging Stallion News. We like breaking the news first, Cam. The news that matters. That's right. We send our people out. <laughs> Kate, we already said goodbye to you. <laughs> scuttling in here, whispering. So, Cam, I had a uh, awesome night last night. Yeah, what did you do? I went and uh, saw a, a a band from from uh, the south of America, a, 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 a female duo called Bird Cloud, mm. at uh, the Curtain last night. And uh, for people that aren't familiar with uh, Bird Cloud, I'm just going to quickly play a snippet of one of their songs. You tell me that you love me. Don't try and corrupt me. I'm saving. Yes. Bro, they are so funny. They're just hilarious. That that line, my hymen belongs to Jesus. Perfect. Um, just great comedy, man. And yeah. just, and they and um they do a, a bloody amazing live show. Um on uh the if if you are listening to this uh before uh this this Sunday, uh which is uh the Twenty uh, first, they will be playing at Cherry Bar Sunday night. Um, if you if you do get a chance to go see them, I just hot tip. It's mm. awesome. Yeah, nice. It's, it's really awesome. They're a great band. Hung out with them uh, a little bit after the show. They're wild. <laughs> Real wild. <laughs> the first thing, first thing one of them said to me when I was met them, she goes, "Want to do a shot?" I'm just like, "Yeah." So we did some pickleback shots and. Uh, just had a really good time, man. One of the best, one of the best night outs at a at a gig that I've had for a while. Cool. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. they got a bunch more shows as well. Yeah, I mean, they got a bunch of shows. They're playing playing with the band uh, that we love very much, Private Function. Yes. Um. And uh, yeah, man, they they are just they blew me away how how entertaining their live show was. It was yeah, nice. It was really awesome, and. Just how they don't, they do not give a fuck, bro. Like they do not give a single fuck, and it yeah. is really refreshing for me. Just, just how I sort of you, you like comedy and 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 with with how a lot of people, you know, are, are nervous about approaching certain certain things these days with how it's going to be perceived by people. They don't care. They just don't care, and it's yeah. and I love that. Like I, I just love that kind of comedy, and I just think that I just think it's. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, good on them. But yeah, man, how's your, how's your week been? Yeah, good, man. Those lyrics that from that song <laughs> you just played, very relatable, having grown up in a religious home. Uh, did you wake up from the thunderstorm a few days ago in Melbourne, like three in the morning? Bro, so um, I was I was staying at my at, at uh, my girlfriend's house in Brunswick in an apartment and we didn't, like, I didn't even wake up at all. I think it's, like, quite thick walls. That did she wake up? No, I don't think she did either. But um, Did you uh, never speak about it? 
No, we haven't spoken about the thunderstorm. Is it is it is it, is it the hot topic on the street this like, this last week? Is it? Well, nah. I don't know if it's the hot topic, but it was the most insane amount of noise. I woke, I'm a deep sleeper, and I woke up and the noise was so vicious. Yeah. I thought we were getting bombed <laughs> for five straight minutes. I was. I woke up just like. Rattled. Oh, you thought it for five minutes. You for thought- five whole minutes, I thought Melbourne was under attack. And I woke up, and I. I think maybe I you didn't get out of bed. <laughs> I did. Oh, did. I woke up, and I was like, "Oh, here we go. This is it." And I don't know if this is only going to be relatable to people that maybe grew up religious and then are not so much religious. I was like. All right, I'm going to throw up a little. How you going? <laughs> Sorry, I've been out of touch, big man. I got like you pray. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I? What am I going to do? Get my weapons and my shield, my nuclear weapon shield up. I can't. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, I, exactly. You don't relate to this because you don't have embedded in your mind from childhood that there is something that can help you if you die. I do. Mm. So I woke up, did that, ran upstairs. I was like, okay, social media, there'd be something about thunderstorm. There was nothing because I was obviously waking up from the first couple of rumbles. And so I was just like pacing around, panicking. And then after finally I realized, okay, there's rain, there's lightning. It's not just a few big booms and then I'm going to disintegrate. I was like, okay, cool. Nice chatting with you, with you Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll talk to you in a couple more years when there's another stressful situation. Well, I know that on, on this podcast, I don't, I don't think we've spoken about this before, but I like with, with my upbringing uh, in, in a religious term is that I actually kind of had a religious upbringing. I, I was an altar boy. Have we, have we spoken about this? That Definitely not, because anytime I mention my upbringing, you go, oh, that's some fucking cult shit, some gross, scary cult shit. And you never say, but also I had a religious upbringing. So no, Timmy, we have not mentioned that you are an altar boy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an altar boy. Like, you can't, you can't go, yeah, Tim, Tim, he's an altar boy. He's an boy. altar boy who calls his own cult a cult. But um, no, I, I, um, I was, like, not many times, I think maybe like, Three, four, three, four times. I was a, I was an altar boy. What? So you're like a temp, like a contractor. I, I just, I just don't think I was really into it. I, to be honest, I think, I don't think. Um, did you get sent along by your family, or how did you hear about yeah, it? Yeah. So my dad never came to church. My dad would, um, if we, if we were going to church and dad was in the car with us, he'd wait out the front. He wouldn't come in. Mm. Like he it wasn't his thing. Yeah. But mum wanted us to, to have a religious she upbringing. looked at your face and knew you had no morals she's like oh i can only scare him into being good but yeah I, I did it three or four times but i think um i think i don't think i was suited because i think i had a little bit ad or something like that i don't know i think <laughs> you think i was i was i, I was a uh a, a kid that didn't hold attention. How old were you when you well. were an altar boy? Um, I reckon I would have been oh, probably around eight or nine. Yeah. And did they ask you to leave or did you leave? I can't remember how it went down. I just remember that I stopped doing it. I, I, did, it, 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 I didn't do it for very long. Mm. Yeah. I don't, think I, I don't think I really enjoyed it. What do you remember about it? I remember ringing the bells. So, th- so this was, so, um, this was uh, in a Catholic, a Catholic church. And um, when they have like communion and shit, mm. and they do like they, the the priest ra- waves around some incense, and then like you'd have a bell, and he'd he'd be like, "This is the body of Christ," and he'd hold up the bread, and then you'd ring a bell, 
You'd you like, would. Yeah, the ultimate. That was like the number. So only one altar boy got to ring the bell. So I was just like, that's the best job mm. of like being an altar boy is you get to be like, because that's your moment. The whole place is silent except for you and a bell. Mm. See, that's your moment to shine, you know? And were you good at it? I, I don't, probably not. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't very, I was not good at things as a child. Eh? I was, I was quite useless. I just, I didn't listen. I didn't, like, I didn't listen oh, to anybody. And if someone was like, if someone would say to me, and not in like a, not in a way that I would be um, purpose, purposefully naughty mm. and make, I'm not going to listen to you. Just that. I found it super hard to concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot going on in the world, you know. Yeah. And I was just working out a lot of things and just uh, just caught up in my own mind a lot. And so I yeah. think I would say that when I got told to do the bells that I probably wouldn't have rung them the right amount of times or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so you, you kind of left or were asked to leave your altar boy position. Either one. I can ask my mum. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll ask one. The reason that I always say, like, no, like with the religious background, it's in comparison. In com- like in my, I reckon my my like. Oh, the reason ed- you don't mention it when I talk about mine. Yeah, because yeah. mine's like how deep I was in compared to how deep you were yeah, in totally. was definitely on different. You were like a relief. You were a relief teacher, where yeah. I was like the principal of a school <laughs> yeah. that I built from the ground up. <laughs> Yeah, very different levels. But still, man, I didn't have a title. The fact that you are yeah. an altar boy. Did you have altar boys at your church? Is that nah, just a nah. Catholic thing? Uh, that's just a Catholic thing. And that's yeah. a very traditional church type thing. Yeah. So I was in like a very like Hillsong slash conservative version of Hillsong. So the music sounded like you 2 and um, the woman wore scarves on top of their Did heads. they have a full band? Yeah, but the drums are behind a, uh, a perspex shield so that they didn't make too much noise because rock and roll is a bit evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we jump into the into the stories? Yeah, man, what's been on your mind? All right, so story number one. I'm just gonna open with the with a fun little clip. Gatorade not only quenches your thirst better, it tastes better too, idiot. You you you're drinking the wrong water. Gatorade H2O Gatorade H2O Water sucks It really, really sucks Water sucks It really, really sucks So that of course is a is a is a clip from the classic movie Waterboy and the reason I bring that up Cam is because the headline for this story is Adidas is releasing Waterboy merchandise to celebrate the film's 20th anniversary. Yes. Um, it's hard to believe, but Adam Sandler's legendary com- uh, comedy, The Waterboy, is celebrating tr- its 20th anniversary, 20 years since it first came out. Uh, and to celebrate, Adidas is releasing a line of limited edition merchandise. Uh, so the uh, th- it's it's like the 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 jerseys from from the team. Uh, with the bourbon bowl badge and everything mm-hmm. from the from the movie, the the, the jerseys look awesome. Yeah, they're, cool. they're super cool. But yeah, I just wanted to. I like talking about. I do enjoy talking about the glory days of Adam Sandler. Yeah, because for me personally, they're gone. I uh, do you still enjoy Adam Sandler movies. Um, well, I'm in a different boat. I think because maybe. 
we're a slightly slightly different age. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. older than you. Oh no, I would have thought that would mean I would I was more the Sandler glory years guy. I think I missed out on experiencing Sandler's glory years. Yeah. And so my favorite Adam Sandler, which might be a little hipster or wanky, is Funny People, where he plays a stand-up yeah. comedian who's like deeply unhappy. Yeah. And it's got a realistic tone to it. Um, it has flashback scenes that use footage of Sandler as a young guy. Like I never connected with this era of Sandler, but right. you totally did, right? Yeah. So when I when I was in high school, and and just say you went over to a mate's house and you chuck on a movie, uh, definitely the Billy Madison's Waterboy, mm. uh, Happy Gilmore, Mr. Deeds. These these were these were definitely Big Daddy. These were definitely films that almost all your mates had at least mm. one of these videos or DVDs, you yep. know, that you that that you chuck on extremely popular in 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 my upbringing with like all the all the people on you yeah man and then i don't know he's just but i i think i do this is something that i think about like fairly not not every day but mm. I, every time i think about him saying that i start to think about this and i think that would he be able to is it just something that he was like this young guy like it's the same as like um with like Johnny Knoxville. Like it's just not the same anymore when he goes and does jackass stuff because he's kind of an old dude and it just doesn't have the same vibe as when he was a young guy running around doing this crazy stuff. Mm. And if he went to do that style of comedy now, like Billy Madison and Waterboy, as an older guy, mm. it probably wouldn't wouldn't sit. You reckon he couldn't pull it off? I or don't people think so. wouldn't receive it. I reckon both. Mm. I reckon both, and but I I do still love going back and and have you seen the movies? Yeah, yeah, I have. So they were massive as well for me growing up. Like all of my friends loved them, but I just didn't really. I didn't just didn't like it. I didn't yeah. like them. Like I've seen them now, and I'm and I'm still kind of like amused, but not like on the floor laughing. Yeah, like my version of. Sandler would have been, um, have you heard of the Ernest movies? Like Ernest goes to jail. Nah. I think Ernest was basically like a poor man's Sandler. Who's Ernest? He looks like a Mr. Bean sort of dude, like kind of grubby and wrinkly with a big nose and he hardly talked and he like just did all these like weird expressions (laughs) and he would get himself in a pickle. (laughs) But like I understand that. Is that because that that like was, would have Adam Sandler been – Welcomed in in the home, at home. Yeah, it wasn't even a religious right. thing. It was like the movies would play at my mates' yeah. houses, and yeah. my f- mates would be screaming like, "Oh, Bobby Boucher!" Like putting on the voices, and I'd be like, hey, "Well, guys, there's no punchline." Like, <laughs> like I was like snooty about the comedy. It's <laughs> a terribly like, designed joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a seven year old with a notepad. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's it, it's 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 comedy at its its most simplistic. For sure, it's 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 not it's not a complicated masterpiece of comedy. Mm. It's it's simple as fuck. But I still and I I think like it's not that's not the only reason. Like there's still basic as comedy that I enjoy. Like there's slapstick. I like Jackass. I like Tom Green's silliest skits. But just Sandler's Glory Days, they never made me feel like they never made me crack up and it was nothing not not even in a snooty way i was just like okay cool fast forward like let's put on hook <laughs> hook's a great fucking movie yes. though <laughs> r.i.p adam sandler's glory days <laughs> woman removed from plane because of her emotional support squirrel 
the Orlando Police Department was forced to remove a woman from a Frontier Airlines plane Tuesday night after she tried to bring a squirrel on board, claiming it was her emotional support animal. According to the airline, the woman was advised that squirrels are not allowed on board by Frontier's support animal policy. The passenger noted in their reservation that they were bringing on an emotional support animal, but it was not indicated that it was a squirrel, the airline said in a statement provided to Orlando ABC. Rodents, including squirrels, are not allowed on our flights. According to the website Frontier's Policy, Frontier is the airline, policy reads, we do not accept unusual or exotic animals, including but not limited to rodents, reptiles, insects, hedgehogs, rabbits, and a whole bunch of other ones that you read then you go, yep, of course, you're not supposed to bring that on. Uh, The reason airlines cracked down on what animals could be defined as emotional support animals in the last year is because in January, a Mm -hmm. woman tried to bring a peacock on board a flight in New Jersey (laughs) and claimed that that was her emotional support animal. (laughs) I guess you got to draw, you got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. Right. You do. Yeah. You do. I mean, the other thing too is, I mean, people, people go, look, I, I can see the, the arguments on both sides where, you know, it, this is a legitimate thing for some people. I, I agree with that, but it's a super easy thing to abuse. Mm. Right. And that if you, if it's just like, well, I just want to have my pet yeah. on the flight with me. And look, man, if, if I paid for a seat on a flight and there was a fucking person next to me with the fucking peacock on there, I think it was funny at first. Yeah. Like, this is hilarious. And then after about 10, 15 minutes, I'd be like, this is not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to boot everyone off the flight. Yeah. And the way, the order of events, which I find really interesting, is everybody was in their seats, including this woman. So nobody, the squirrel was was not visible. It was like in her, inside her, like her shirt or whatever. Yeah. And then they, the airline workers must have looked at the cards that you tick boxes on mm. and they realized, oh, someone brought an emotional support animal. Let's flip over the card. Okay, it's a squirrel. We can't have this. And they had to get everyone off the plane because the woman flipped out. She was pulling the fingers at everyone. And they had to make her leave on a wheelchair. Like they pushed her on a wheelchair away from the, um, like got her off the plane that way because she didn't want to walk off. See, that's that's when you become a bit of a cunt. Um <laughs> It's true, bro. Like you've just you've just ruined like hundreds of people's day just just because you can't have your squirrel. Look, it's you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win this. You 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 just just get off the plane so that everyone else can catch their fucking flight and they don't have to they don't have to have their whole day ruined by you and your stupid fucking squirrel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I hate to drop the word, but that's a cunt move. <laughs> it fucking is, bro. Um, yeah, but the, do you remember when we did the story on uh, the chick that flushed her hamster? Mm, vaguely. Yeah, so the, remember we did we did a story and it was um, on this podcast and it was a, a hamster or a guinea pig or something. Oh, and a plane. Uh, no, so it was so she so she was going to take it on the plane. She got told that she couldn't bring it on, and then instead of getting someone to come and pick it up from That's the right. airport or something, she's like, "I've got to catch this flight," Ugh. and so she flushed the the hamster and killed it, and then blamed blamed the airline like it was their fault. Like they told her to go. I think I think I can't remember the story exactly, but I think someone might have maybe suggested it as a joke, like flush it or something like that. And then she did it, bro. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's, you gotta, you gotta screw loose. 
if you if you're flushing hamsters down the low way. It's 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 a horrible thought. It's a horrible image to have in your mind. Yeah, man. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Fendi's 750-pound vulva scarf makes wearers look like they're being born. Twitter users were quick to point out that the peachy pink fur trim scarf's resemblance to female genitals. Uh, have a look at that picture, Kev, and describe <laughs> that for us. I think you basically already have, but it looks like um, um, if, the, if Jim Henson, who created the Muppets, was told about a vagina without having seen one, <laughs> and then they gave him like quite a big budget to create one, he, he did a fairly good job just from being explained what a vagina looks like. So the, the, here's the thing, right? Here's where, where um, I sort of get a little bit puzzled by this story. Mm. Um, so uh, I don't know if, if it's intentional or not. They, they agree. So in the, in the, in the interview with, yeah. with, with um, uh, Fendi, is that how you say it? What's is that a brand? Yeah, Fendi, I think. I just don't think I've heard of that brand. Yeah. Um they they it's real weird because the, the interviewer points out the fact that it looks like a vagina. Mm. And then they kind of go, Yeah, yeah, it does. And then they kind of go, Or is that like is that the intention? They go, No. I'm like, well, <laughs> How did this not get like? How did this not get brought up? And then you were so casual about just being like, "Yeah, it's you're right." Oh, <laughs> do you think that they realised until that question from the interviewer? I think maybe they realised it before, but they, but they'd already gone manufactured yeah. thousands of them. Yeah, and then they go, "All right, we just look. We can't hide the fact that it looks if like if it a comes vagina. up, just say, yep, sure it does.'" <laughs> I mean, look, it's not a terrible tactic if you if you already in that position obviously you'd think someone would have spoken up in the design process beforehand and gone hey guys Mm. is anyone else seeing what i'm seeing here is there any chance that everyone involved in the process had never seen a vagina Uh, it's it's, so it'd have to be an all-male environment because if it was if there was any females in there they would have seen one Mm -hmm. yeah i don't i don't know maybe maybe if i guess if you were like from from the get go, and and we're like, okay, we're gonna do this layer here, this layer here, a little bit of fur around the around the trimming. Because mm. um, for those people that that haven't seen it, it's 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 got um, like fur that resembles pubic hair, um, and it 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 looks so much like a vagina. It's it's the most that you could if if someone said to me. You've got to design a scarf that looks like a vagina. I don't reckon anyone in the world could do a better job than what they've supposedly accidentally made with this scarf. <laughs> I think they've made the best vagina scarf of all time. Hats off to them. <laughs> Man who breaks a sculpture says that it was a result of extreme boredom. A Wellington man who climbed a Len Lai sculpture only for it to come crashing down under his weight says it was boredom and the encouragement from the crowd that was behind the stunt. 
But historian Roger Horrocks, who was the sculptor's personal assistant in the final year of his life, said the artist would would have been deeply hurt by the sheer idiocy of the person who just saw it as a climbing frame and not a work of art. So the guy who climbed it is called Hunter McDonald, and he said that cool he name, was though. very cool name. Yeah. <laughs> he said he was bored out of his mind while walking along Wellington's waterfront <laughs> when he came across the Water Whirler sculpture, which cost about three hundred grand at the time that it was installed. Now, Timmy, I don't know mm. when we were in Wellington. Did you see this thing? I remember, dude, because because I went back after we after we finished the tour. I went back to Wellington and spent, yeah. uh, spent an extra week there. I would have I spent and I spent a fair bit of time around that waterfront area. Did you feel deeply bored on the um, waterfront? <laughs> I didn't like we we had a good time there um when, when when we went back but I would have I would have I remember there being a bunch of like sculptures and stuff around. So this Wellington. one I reckon you would have seen it and I think that you, the reason it might not be coming into your memory is mm. because you wouldn't look at it to be honest, and to sound like real uncultured, you wouldn't look at it and go, oh, that's a sculpture. It looks like a tall yellow needle. Right. And it's about, um, it'll probably tell me in this article, but it's about 20 metres tall. Right. And as the wind blows it, it, it's like right next to the ocean. Mm. It just blows around like this. Yeah, I think I do remember. Is it near where everyone jumps off? Yeah, very close to yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. If, if what I was talking about is then people that haven't been to Wellington, they have like a, a, a staircase that that goes up with with and you can just walk up the staircase and then uh, jump off the end into the uh, into the water. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and surprising you you'd think it would be some kind of health hazard. I'm surprised no one's fucked themselves up on that thing. Oh, you're talking about the really tall jumping spot. Yeah. Yeah, people, it's a crane. Like people climb up a pole to the tip of a crane and then they jump down, not into the ocean. It's a gap in the wharf. It's like an an oblong gap so that you go between concrete and wood and and then you hit the ocean if you're lucky. We were watching it. I was watching people do that for ages. It was incredibly entertaining. But also stressful, eh? A little stressful. So stuff.co.nz interviewed this guy, Hunter McDonald, the guy who broke the sculpture, the tall yellow rod, by climbing up it, and he had a few words to say, so let's have a listen to those. Uh, Yesterday on my day off, um, I was bored out of my mind. I was walking along the Wellington waterfront. Um, I decided to stop and sort of attempt some sort of gymnastic acrobatic stuff on the sculpture. Um, A crowd started to form. Um, sort of egging me on. I think they enjoyed watching it. Um, I was sort of taking it further and further, seeing how high I could go, seeing how far I could push the sculpture. Um, Before I knew it, uh, the sculpture snapped so suddenly, came down hard on my head, um, sent me into the water. I managed to rise out, sort of coughing and spluttering, do this sort of weird limp-wristed doggy paddle to the rocks. Um, and uh, at that point, I'd realised that I think I'd made a serious mistake. I never meant to damage the sculpture. Um, I had no intention to sort of deface or vandalise any property. Um, to be honest, I didn't actually think I was that heavy. I thought, surely this tensile steel pole could hold me. I'm only 80 kilos. I thought that was fairly light and, you know, in the scheme of things. Um, yeah, I mean, with the people there, 
I mean, I've always enjoyed an audience. I do like an audience. Uh, so, Don't we all, Hunter? <laughs> He's great, man. I, I actually really enjoy his style of storytelling. It's very descriptive. Yeah. I like that he bothered to tell us what his doggy paddle style was. Yeah. Uh, it was limp-wristed and weird, my doggy paddle style. Um, for people that wouldn't have been able to see uh, that, that video, he fucked him out himself up pretty good, eh? The photos have got him coming out of the water with blood pouring down his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> so that was from – so I assume that was from the pole smacking him in the head as he hit the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. I, I think that kind of shit is is funny. I, I, I New Zealand is pretty laid back. I assume that he's probably not going to get sued or fined or he'll probably get some kind of fine. I'd say. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he won't do time for that. No. Yeah. No. Surely, surely not. I mean, it. Look, if you do need to take into into consideration with things like this, that I'm not. I'm not saying that you you should be excused for your actions because of peer pressure and those kind of things, but if people are liking it, mm. like it's 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 bred in you from a from a from a young age where if you if you're doing something that people like, you can keep doing it. If you're doing something that people don't like, you stop doing it. So I mean, I I can I can sympathise with Hunter a little bit. <laughs> I think I think that I I, can't, I quite like Hunter. I yeah. I think that he was he was trying to look. He was just trying to have a good time. He was trying to lighten up his day a little bit. Yeah, man. I think both you and me would have done something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hashtag hey, free whoops, Hunter. Let's break stuff. <laughs> I think that um yeah I I we, we we will keep track on that because I do hope that that he uh, that he has no repercussions for those actions. Mm-hmm. Now I want you two to get good rest. What if I have a bad dream? Well, I'm sure we can handle any dream you have. What if I dream that you sent us away into the dark and me got hurt? Really hurt? And what if I'm so sad and scared of the dark out there that I put poison in me? For years and years, until my blood turns into poison and my heart breaks right in half and I can't feel anything happy. <laughs> so I can't stand it anymore and I, I have to die. And time on a silver table is my jaw wired shut. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All right, Cam. It gave me pleasure goosebumps, man. <laughs> so I picked out this story for you um, because I know that you are a serious horror buff. Yeah. You love it very much. And the headline for this story is Netflix new horror show is so scary it's making people pass out. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, the, 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 the name of the show is The Hunt, The Haunting. I always, I always have, I've always had a real struggle with that word, haunting. What do you prefer to call it? No, I, do, I say, do I say it right? Haunting. That's right. That's right? Yeah. yeah. The Haunting of Hill House. And it's based off a, uh, it's based off a, of, of an older, um, of a, of an older film. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, the gothic novel of the same title. Now, people, uh, people are saying it's, it's, it's. Have you, have you watched this yet, Cam? No, I actually, I've seen it on Netflix because it's available yeah. right now, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. And even though I love horror, I still have to make sure the time's right. Yeah. And so far, I've just been like at home alone, and I'm like, not nah, too, too scary. <laughs> so I haven't watched it, but I've seen that it's there. People are calling it uh, this one, one of the scariest shows to ever be made to ever be released cool. um and i think i think it's too with with uh um an american horror story did it where having going being able to put horror um in a in a longer format than just a movie is because for, for totally for a long time horror was always just films eh? it was it wasn't really so much television it, yeah, was, man. it was it was always just films yeah and putting it into into this larger format is definitely changing that that the game in that genre for sure man yeah you're bang on and american horror story are probably the kings of it as well because not only do they make it long form they have a you can tell that they're looking around at what's popular in pop culture when mm. it comes to horror or things that are scaring people and they let that influence each season so i just finished um american horror story roanoke and that is really influenced by the fact that there's been a massive boom in this kind of documentary style podcast and also like um, TV series documentary about murderers and this fascination that people, that's kind of exploded in the last few years of yeah. people going, yeah, I want to know what the murderer was doing minutes before and it's created all of this pop culture and American Horror Story uh, reflects that in that Roanoke season. They're great at it. So I was a little bit sceptical um, about this story for the for the reason being so the the title is uh, that people are passing out mm. and also in the in the in the news article they say people are, are vomiting because they felt physically sick from watching from watching this they were that scared that they yeah. felt physically ill um, so when I was so I was in Newcastle with a couple of friends this is many many years ago mm. and we were and we were having we were having dinner and this girl um, that was meant to be on a date, she got stood up and then she goes, do you mind if I have a wine with finish my wine with you guys? And we go, of course, sorry that that's happening. That's shitty. Come sit at our table. You know, we're, we're getting some food. You can just join us. And so yep. she ended up joining us for the evening. Okay. She, her statements though. So she stated that she had never given uh, a, a oral sex, a, a blowjob to, to a, a man Without them passing out, without the man passing out, yeah, that her that the flowjob skills are so crazy, so good that the the orgasm that she was able to get someone to have would would make them pass out. Is that a sign of pleasure passing out though? I I think it's like you know, I think it's like if you had an orgasm so crazy that you're the, you transcend. Yeah, but then one of the people that were at the dinner went back with this person, received a blowjob and they didn't pass out. So Okay. <laughs> um yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm following you. And so are you wondering do you feel like this article's lying to you? Because the last time someone said that they made people pass out, they were lying. That's my point. <laughs> That's my point exactly, Cam. But this, it wasn't this girl, this random Newcastle girl who wrote the article. Like you have a mistrust for her. Mm. Not you shouldn't just not she, believe anything. She ruined it for the rest of the rest of everyone. She she broke the trust, bro. So anytime you hear about someone passing out, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. I question it. <laughs> I definitely question it. Oh, uh, look what you did to him, you Newcastle lady. 
Does that seem ridiculous? To be honest, I don't feel that it's that ridiculous. It's like if something happens to you in life mm-hmm. and someone lies about something, it should make you question like when no. those things come up again, don't you think? I understand. I understand why you're in the position you're in. But... <laughs> But what what you could do, like rewire your mind to not trust her or someone telling you similar to that. What we're reading here is an article about a horror TV show. I think people probably have passed out from it, man. It's like fainted because you faint when you get a fright or some people see a spider and they faint. Maybe some people who aren't that great with scary movies have watched this and have fainted because that's all it is. Fainting is passing out. Mm. So it's great when you see uh, when when uh, goats get scared. Oh yeah, um, those ones. Yeah, they freeze. They, just, they go completely, completely like rock solid frozen and yeah. just fall over. They're real stiff legs. All their joints are straight. That is not an animal that has been designed very well. Yeah. Like if if we get scared, probably meaning that there's a predator or something coming to get me. We're not going to run. <laughs> We're going to stay exactly still so they can just get us. It's a terrible defense mechanism. Totally, man. Maybe they're one of those animals that we, humans, somewhere along the way have intervened to keep them alive. Like maybe we should just let the kiwis and the koalas or whatever's endangered, just let them go. Pandas. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with the koala though. I mean, those, those, those things, they got big claws, they got, they, they got big teeth. I just think if, if they weren't stoned on eucalyptus all day, mm. I reckon they would be a different kind of animal. If their if their primary food source was something that didn't get them stoned, I reckon that they would be a, a completely different animal. Yeah, I know. We yeah. we um we we don't do we protect protect koalas? Yeah, I think to an extent. I, I don't think they have a, a real natural natural predator. Um I mean I, I can't think of what would eat them. Maybe because they're up trees, so I don't I don't know what what, what would get them. Up, up trees, maybe like a snake would bite them or something, but it's probably too big for a snake to eat. Dingoes, crocodiles probably can't get up the up the tree to get them. So they're, they're I think they're they've the got top a, of the food chain. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they got a good strategy to not get eaten. Just climb up the tree, mm. and you'll be sweet. Yeah. Climb up the tree, get stoned with your mates, have a good time. <laughs> I actually fucking love koalas. The singer of Disturbed has decided to remove his chin piercings. In a brand new interview (laughs) with a German music magazine, the singer of Disturbed, David Draymon, spoke about his decision to finally remove his signature double librette vertical piercings, the long hook or talon-shaped decoration that came down over his chin. He says, they're kind of a pain in the butt, to be honest. When he was asked about his piercing, which was customised to fit his chin, it just felt kind of weird walking around like a 45-year-old Hot Topic kid. A Hot Topic is like Dangerfield in the States. Right. Referring to um, what it's like to be 45 in a new metal band. And accessories popular with... Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's just a description of what you can buy at Hot Topic. If you want to buy other clothes or chin piercings, go to hottopic.com. Um, yeah, man. So disturbed singer removing his chin piercings and also related to that in melbourne in two weeks time uh a bunch of people four thousand people have registered their interest on facebook uh going to federation square to make the noise from disturbed song 
uh, down with the sickness. Do you know the noise? I don't think I do. Oh, I do know that noise. That was a really good rendition of it, bro. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> so apparently 4,000 people are rocking up and I'm going to go join them. I'm going to go hang out. Cool. Yeah. But um, uh, let's break that into two parts. How are you feeling about his chin piercing removal? I don't remember what it looks like. But, but when, oh, that thing, I'm happy it's gone, bro. You didn't, you didn't love it? No, I didn't love it. Because they, they became super huge recently again, didn't they, when they did the, the, that rendition of The Sound of Silence? Yeah, man. Yeah, and they, that, like my mum hit me up and she goes, she, she called me to tell me about it. She's, she's, she goes, have you listened to this new song? So there's this, it's, it's this, this, this band, this great band called Disturbed. Yes. Uh, and, and she, and she goes, it's a, it's, it's an amazing emotional song, The Sound of Silence. And, and then when we're in Brisbane, um, when my friends came over, mm. she would make them sit down and watch. Like, and even if they said they'd seen it before, she would go, "No, but you haven't seen it with me." Yes, <laughs> your mum is so cool, man. And then she is very cool. And then I told, and then I told her that that like about disturbed what they what they and I showed her music and she goes, "Oh no, not that band." I go, "It's the same band, mum." Like. <laughs> You, if you can't go around saying you love Disturbed because of one rendition of a song that they did. Oh, that's so good. Oh, good on you, so Do you want to, before we move on from Disturbed, do you want to have a go at doing the noise? Do it again. <laughs> go, go, give me another go. <laughs> <laughs> your, your laugh still finds a way to come through. Know, and a bro. new metal noise. There was like two noises coming off your throat. It's deep and it's deep it embedded in me. That laugh. It's it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Do you want to try one that's just purely your laugh? So the beat is do da 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 da. Is that it? Is that close? Oh, yeah, bro. That's. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, um, real into the idea of trying to bring the song up and get you to do it over top of that. <laughs> do you mind if we do this? It'll take like 30, yeah, bro. 35 seconds. It. Okay. But, um, yeah, so people are getting together where? Um, at Federation Square. True. October the 27th, 2.30 if you want to join. I wonder if it's connected with the people that got together for the Owen Wilson thing where everyone got together and said, Wow. All at the same time. Yeah. There's hundreds of people there. Just and, and when they when they put out uh, the uh, the schedule for the take on the schedule was at say uh, four o'clock was warm up wows <laughs> and then four thirty was 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 the main wow. <laughs> hilarious, man. All right. So this is the original. Bro, that was not the original. You losing weight, son. That was a video of someone, of someone deep throating a cucumber, <laughs> having that as the noise over the actual noise. Yeah, all right. Well, I got punked by some YouTuber. <laughs> um, do you want to just do your laugh version over the deep throating of a cucumber? All right, I mean, let's like do we're that. this far in. We can work with that for sure. 
Do you, are you sweet with, are you sweet I think with I'm the good. timing? I think I'm all right with the timing. Okay. If, if you can give me like a... Panicked. <laughs> you gotta do the laugh. You gotta do your laugh. Yeah. Look, the cucumber thing's putting me off. Don't look at it. I'll okay. hide it from you. Oh! Ah. <laughs> I panicked again. <laughs> I think you get so excited by the song yeah. that you try to be a bad boy. I don't know. I can't. There's something that just teared up. Is something I can't do. Hey. <laughs> And that's okay, man. Yeah. Like if you can't laugh in time with down with the sickness while a guy deep throats a cucumber, you're probably good. It's a hard task, bro. I don't think I, I didn't wake up this morning thinking that was something that I was going to be doing. That today. you're going to be challenged by. All right. Well, that brings an end to our uh, news stories for the week. We have some send-ins this week, Cam. Mm-hmm. We sure do. All right. So the first send-in is from Stallion Ben Davis. Oh, uh, welcome back, Stallion Ben. Uh, and the so oh, just a just a real quick um, uh, rundown on this story before I read the title. Mm. It's it's about the the Conor McGregor versus Khabib fight. Um, for anyone that isn't a is, isn't a UFC fan or just didn't know what was going on, it was the in mixed martial arts in the in the UFC. It was the biggest pay per view of all time, doing two point four million pay per views around the world, generating a shit ton of money. Uh, at the end of the fight, uh, when Conor McGregor tapped and, 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 and Khabib won the fight, he jumped out of the cage, uh, tried to do a fly kick hitting uh, Dylan, uh, trying to fly kick Dylan Dennis, who was one of Conor McGregor's uh, teammates. Mm. At, at, at that point, Conor jumped up onto the edge of the cage, punched one of Khabib's teammates, um, and, and it, was, it was all on. Uh, and uh, what happened then uh, was something that didn't get picked up until days later because mm. of all the chaos. Conor McGregor fans' incredible story of jumping into the octagon during UFC 229. So this guy's just so this guy's just a, uh, got a good seat quite close to the cage. Yeah. He said when he saw he's such a big Conor McGregor fan. He said when he saw Conor getting punched, he felt that he had to run in the cage and protect him. <laughs> And, yes. and the best thing, bro, is his um his 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 mum. Um, so he posted. He posted. His mum was watching on at home. Yeah. And saw and and saw her uh, own son. Her son run into run into the cage in this in in what became one of the most talked about events this year, um, especially in sports, um, and. Uh, his mum said, um, this is not good enough. You shouldn't have got in there. And his reply was, had to help Connor, had to help calm him down. <laughs> it's just like, that's a super fan, bro. That's, yeah, man. That is because before when, when, I, when I used to talk about uh, UFC and stuff, I would call myself a, a, a super fan. I go, I'm so into it. Yeah. I would be a super fan. I realise now that I am not. Yeah, right. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have run into that cage to 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 protect Conor, try to protect Conor McGregor yeah. that day. I, that, this guy is the ultimate super fan. Good on him. Hats off to him. Good job, David. I like. I, I, I like the energy. Right, Timmy. This one comes to us from Stallion Number One Mum. Cool. 
The Bachelor Vietnam contestants who fell in love on the show are a couple now. So a couple of weeks ago, you brought the story to this show where you and I watched a subtitled video. (laughs) (laughs) Remember it? I remember it, bro. It didn't go as smoothly as I had in my mind when we first did it, but it was fun. You know what? I was really critical at the time and I was like, that would have been insane to listen to. But after having listened back to it, I was like, well, yeah, it's not as like confusing as I thought. Maybe because I have seen the video, but I don't know. Anyway. If you didn't hear that episode, um, basically these two contestants on the Vietnam version of The Bachelor told The Bachelor, hey, we're not interested in you, mate. We actually are into each other. So uh, these two women, Nyan Quoc Trong and Min Thu, both, yeah, I don't know. Apologies, apologies. Um, They turned down The Bachelor and have revealed now that the show's over that they are a couple and that they're with each other. The show's executive producer, Anne Tran, revealed the pair indeed did find their way back together and she told uh, Next Shark, who's the magazine that did this interview, those contestants left the show and have been together since. We delivered on our promise that two people would find love. I like that the producer took credit for it. Oh, wanker. Wanker because the guy in that video, the host was instead of going... And the guy, that, the dude that was on there too, instead of going, this is awesome. Yeah. Nice work finding love. I wish you guys the best. Go off and 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 and, and live a nice life yeah. together. They convince her to stay because yeah. they go, oh, you won't get this opportunity again. You know, you should stay here on the show. Mm-hmm. Wankers. And then trying to take Trying credit. to claim it like, oh, they're in love because of the show. Fucking wankers. I don't like them. I don't like the producer of the show, but I am super stoked for those two, for, for, for those two ladies finding love yeah, on man. that show. And, I, and I'm, I'm stoked that, uh, that, that even though they, they – because they were getting bullied. Mm. They got she got bullied to stay on there, and even though she she did get she did get bullied, she uh, she she stood up for herself in the end, and and uh, and it's glad to hear that they're happy. That's a that's a great send in number one, mum. Thank you very much, Stallion number one, mum. All right, uh, this one this send in is from uh, Stallion Maddie Peters, uh, and the headline is this this is probably my, this is one of my favorite sentences for mm. a while. Teens baked grandfather's ashes into cookies for classmates, police say. <laughs> Two high school students allegedly involved are unlikely to be charged with the crime, as principal says it's a family matter. Um, so it's in Northern California and uh the uh, the police said uh, two students baked the cookies and shared them uh, with at least nine classmates at their at their public charter high school near Sacramento on the fourth of October, um, and uh, the motivation was unknown, but they were unlikely to be charged with a crime. Uh, I think this is great. And w- w- when they say the motivation is unknown, I know what the motivation is. It's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny to feed like that is look it's dark don't get me wrong it's da- it's dark comedy but yeah. it, that's hilarious feeding your classmates the 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 ashes of your grandparent of, it's, it's super dark but it's hilarious i i reckon they would be doing it for the reason that it is super funny mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you very much uh for that one matthew might have to uh, roll on to the good news story of the week, Cam. All and, right, and uh, and thank you for everyone that's sending in uh, sending in stories. We try to get them. We can't get through all of them each week, but we um we 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 do try. And uh, please keep sending them in. We we very much enjoy it. 
A New York City hospital has made a playlist of songs that have the perfect beat for performing CPR. So the New York City Medical Center realized that uh, a lot of issues had been coming up around people being in a tough predicament and not knowing exactly how to do CPR in that moment of stress and that moment of panic. So what they did is, uh, with a lighthearted approach, they created a Spotify playlist that has 47 songs on it, and each one of these songs is 100 beats per minute, which is the perfect speed for CPR compressions. On the list, it's got Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, Just Dance by Lady Gaga, Sorry by Justin Bieber, and a whole bunch of others from Spice Girls and Hanson. So that playlist is out there and you can follow it on your own Spotify, which means that if you're ever in a stressful situation where you're like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to count out 100 beats per minute, just chuck one of these on and bring someone back to life while you're singing Justin Bieber. I would, yeah, I would say maybe have it, have it lined up. Like have it, don't, don't be like, oh, I've got bad uh, reception on, on Spotify. I should... (laughs) Just just give me a minute, you know, to like to, to bring this song up. <laughs> but but I do I do like the motivation behind it, and I think I think anything that 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 promotes other people, um, but that promotes people helping each other when they are in a time of need is mm. a good thing. And it, it, even if it even if it isn't ideal in the actual situation, it brings people's thoughts and minds to the fact that should they see somebody in trouble that they, they go over and they're, they're somewhat aware of how to help them. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great thing. Um, so thank you for listening to another episode of, of the podcast that is brought to you by frothies.com uh, for all of, all of your, uh, all of your drinking, drinking apparel. Go to frothies.com. They've got great shirts and, and some, some real good stuff. So head over to frothies.com and check it out. Every time you see an episode of Sunday Stories that Timmy and I made in your newsfeed, please chuck a comment in the comment section, share the episodes. That helps us heaps. We have uh, some dates coming up for some shows. We we are uh, in Geelong this Saturday night. Uh, We are supporting Dumb Punts on their tour. We are in Collingwood uh, next Saturday. Jump on Facebook and you can find all of the upcoming shows that we're doing. We also have a live podcast uh, coming up uh, as well, and you can find that online as well. November 3rd at Last Chance. Thank you for listening. My name's Cam. My name's Tim. Have a lovely day. You've been listening to Charging Stallion Presents. News we like.